Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Danielle. Hey everyone, it's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited to have a very special guest, Dr. Angela Herring, who is an instructional coach and the ELA department chair in Georgia. So welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. If you don't mind just to kick us off introducing yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Yes. So again, my name is Angela Herring. I am here in Noonan, Georgia. This is about my 16th, 17th year in education. Uh, I'm certified K through 12, but I've also worked at the college level. So I've had students, I'd like to tell people I have had students from uh, grade, uh, first grade kindergarten age to my oldest student who was 70 years old. So I've taught like a ton of, ton of kids, ton of adults. So yeah, I'm very passionate in both of those areas because I can see the connection between the kid and, and, and the elementary school student versus what, you know, that looks like on the other end when you go into adulthood. So, yeah. Well, that is an amazingly unique perspective. Yes. And we'd love to hear what are you currently working on professional, professionally? What are you passionate about? Tell us a little bit about your, your current role. So my current role, I, I work with teachers more so than students. Uh, I very rarely see the students. And I, I got a chance yesterday, as a matter of fact, to um, work with some of the students. We just had a little party uh, to celebrate uh, after school. And I thought, wow, I really miss the kids. But uh, to, to answer your question, I work with the adults. I have a lot of teachers who just need a pep talk on a daily basis. It's not always professional that they need. Sometimes it's just, you know, I don't know what to do. Like I've come to the you know, like a, a an impasse, help me out here. Uh, and so I just bring them in here, you know, I have a very comfortable and cozy room and we just sit down and we have a heart to heart and we hash things out. So in uh, my role as a coach, it's not always academic. I think a lot of people think of it as, let me give you some strategies to fix these kids. You know, a lot of times the teachers have the strategies. It's just that they just cannot connect with kids, for instance. So, you know, just a little pep talk in, in saying, hey, you're doing a great job. Just, you know, as a matter of fact, the teacher that was in here the other day, I said, look, this is the survival of the fittest. You know, we cannot give in. We cannot give up. And she just broke down and she came back the next day. And she said, I am so sorry for crying in your room. And I said, absolutely not. This is a safe space. Uh, know that you can come in here and whatever's on your heart, you can leave it here. But when we go out those doors, we, you know, you put your armor on and, and, and we have to get the job done. So um, I think, you know, one of the, the, the things I am passionate about is having a safe space where teachers can talk and release and not feel like, oh my gosh, is, is this going in my file or is this going in my folder? It's just it's just a place that they're talking to a friend. So um, that's probably the, the thing that I'm most passionate about in the job. I was just gonna say, thank you so much for sharing that. I think uh-huh. uh, it's so, so important. And a lot of times when folks transi- transition into the a leadership role, especially mm-hmm. at a school, you don't expect that as part of your job. You think, oh, observations, feedback, yes, but really absolutely. it's such a huge piece, especially mm-hmm. now. And the mm-hmm. fact that your teachers know they can go somewhere, talk it out, absolutely. unload whatever they're feeling. And then, like you said, go back out in the hall, put on their armor. It's just yeah. so, so important. I would love to hear about 
how you think that's changed like in the past year or two in terms of everything that's on, on teachers plates, um, yeah. you know, in these times. So we already know that they're overloaded and they, they're fat facing challenges that, you know, our education, our being me too, did not really equip us for. Um, so, you know, I think just, um, I, I'm, Hey, I drew a blank. What was the last part of your question? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, how it's different this year or last yes. year than, than ever before. So the thing that, so I'm kind of new in this job. I had a different title, did somewhat of the very same work before, but the title changed. And sometimes when your title changes, you have to break down those same barriers that you thought you had already broken down. So we spent a few months in just really uh, people understanding that what they said to me was not going to be punitive. So so uh, I think once we did that, then I was able to say, OK, look, this is your challenge. This is how I think you can work toward coming to you know, that place of remedy and so forth. Um, one of the biggest challenges for sure has been um, the intrinsic motivation or lack thereof and what we can do about that. A lot of the kids, I think when they went home from the pandemic, um, they took that as a vacation mode that did not end and it did end. Uh, but nobody told them. So it was like coming back to school for the first time. Um, they just really thought it was okay. Like I, I got up, I showed up. This is it for me. But it's like, no, 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 we still have work to do. So really getting them back into or helping them to transition, if you will, back into that school, this environment, the culture, the expectations, and really helping them to see that, no, we have to get back to work. Uh, and I don't think the teachers were prepared for that. I think they thought that when we came back, we would just pick up where we left off and we did not. You know, it was like we had to retrain them. What, you know, what, look, these are the rules. We had to model those and so forth. And I don't think that they um, took time for that. And it kind of hit us hard, you know. Uh, and so I was like, y'all, we have to go back like it's day one of you know, middle school. So we have to kind of start sixth grade over. And that's been very challenging because a lot of the, not only the behaviors changed, but the skills we see that, they, you know, there's that deficit area. And I love, I think I heard this first with curriculum associates. I cannot applaud you more. I cannot, when people said learning loss, I was like, there is no loss until you gain. There is a gap in their learning. That's unfinished learning. So um, that that really stood out to me. And I, I started to, you know, speak that here and use that language and really language it, it that way and say, look, when the kids come to you in eighth grade, those are not true eighth graders. You have to understand that they have a gap that somebody has to feel. And that somebody, unfortunately, is you. You know, you came in ready to teach that eighth grade content, but they're not there yet. So we have those gaps in addition to the remediation that we would typically do, which here we're, we're a Title I school. So those typical gaps. So we just had a lot, uh, you know, going on at once. Um, and so I think the coaching aspect had to really ramp up because of that. So many people can relate to everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. I just spent some time with educators in Mississippi and they're experiencing the same thing. And I'm sure educators that are listening, whenever they're listening to this, mm -hmm. that is the true reality of where we are in education. Yes, and I just want to honor something that you said that you're creating a safe space for mm -hmm. teachers mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they can share and they don't feel it's punitive. Yes. We share with educators the importance of creating safe spaces for mm -hmm. children. But I think mm -hmm. to have a safe space for educators themselves that yep. they don't feel judged. Yep. They don't feel like um, 
they have to watch their words, right. that's going to help them be able to show up more for their students. Right. So what I would love to know from you, for the listeners out there, do you have maybe one or two strategies that you can share that have worked with the educators that you've coached that, that people can start to think about, or if they have a coach in their district, they could seek, seek out some support um, if they're struggling? just the relationships you have to build a an honest and true relationship because people sense insincerity or at least i do i mean you can see that it's about a mile away uh that you have to make people trust y'all i don't say make but if you are who you are people feel that so just really having that sincere relationship and then also um when i say safe space i mean that so if if an administrator were to come to me and say how is such and such feeling? You know, I saw you talking to her or whatever that I don't share that. I don't share that. Now I might share strategies that I think that, you know, Hey, this is how to make things better here overall for all teachers, but truly I just do not share. And I can remember having conversations in the past with other people who I thought were safe people. And that conversation kept moving. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not what I thought we were doing here. And I learned that I learned from, you know, firsthand experience that when people tell you stuff, it stops with you, no matter how you want to take that further, because it is good information to create change that has to stop in your room. So I tell them when you cross over this threshold to come into my room, it, everything you say here stays here. Um, so that's what I would, you know, just really honesty and truth and just truly having a safe space that is that not just coining those terms and, 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 and making it sound good. You have to, you have to walk in that every day so that people do know that, you know, you honor, you honor them and they'll honor you. So it's so, so true. And that's so helpful. And it's unfortunate that you learned that the hard way, but mm-hmm. it's the worst feeling when you feel like you confided yep. in someone about something yep. personal or professional, and then you realize that yes. someone else knows. Yes. Um, so that's, that's great that you were able to turn that into like kind of a lesson that you now apply to your, your teachers who, by the way, are so lucky to have you. So thank Thanks. you for all you do, Angela. Unfortunately, thank that's you. all the time we have for today, but we love okay. chatting and learning from you. So thanks again. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady. Please be sure to tag us in your post too so we can see the amazing work you do every single day. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We're here for you. Now more than ever, remember, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.